previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Never once did I actually think, oh, he's going to read it. Well, it's a Monday morning, and I remember it like it was May 11th. I remember this like it was yesterday. So I am up, and I am in the shower, and this is kind of when I normally listen to the beginning of the podcast. And here he begins talking and reading my email verbatim, and I my jaw just absolutely hit the floor. And I thought, oh, this is David. We, we all remember our first time. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Welcome to the Loyal Littles Podcast. All you loyals out there from the Washington, D.C. area, congratulations to the Washington football team on their big win 20 to 14 when you say when you say football you mean soccer like round ball oval ball what what are we talking here wait what's happening who's that who's that oh roxy you're there right i'm here welcome roxy (laughs) hi everyone all you loyal littles out there welcome our good friend simon pearl to the show for the first time ever simon hey hey hey. all right i'm (laughs) Very, very delighted to be here. And we are very for, delighted to have you here. <laughs> we are so delighted. No, that's not Nigel, all you fans out there. That was Yes, that's one of the dreams to get Nigel to come on our show. But this is our second best thing we could ever think of. Simon, where, where did you grow up? Well, I, I, if, it, if it helps, I was once called Nigel. So what? I don't know if that helps your listeners. Wait, what? No, just, just in, no, just in passing. Someone mistaken me for Nigel. Oh! <laughs> well, of course. I'm just saying it might it might help out your fans here. But what was your question? Might, Where am I from? Yeah, tell us a little about yourself. This first well, time on the show. Yeah, it is a first. I am. Let's see. Where am I from? Well, it's a. My accent is English, obviously. Oh it's, wait, so you're uh, not faking it? This is real. No, I, I, it is real. It is a little <laughs> bastardized because I've moved around a lot. I am from all over the world. I was weirdly born in Kentucky, but then my family are all British. So then we went back to Essex in England. And then I spent about six years in Singapore, six years in Greece, and then back to Cambridge in England, which is probably what my accent mostly is, and then uh, London, and then obviously I've been in New York for about 12 years now. Wow. So not that you really asked for the full story, but that's the No, no, story, that's perfect, anyway. because everyone's going to think this is a fake accent, because it's an inside <laughs> joke from the big show. And uh, But no, Simon indeed is British, so we are so excited to have Simon with us. He's going to jump in here because Chuck needed uh, some time off after the new year. So uh, he's actually going back to work. So we can't thank Simon enough for jumping on with us. We are so excited. So let's get back to that big news. The Washington football team wins and somewhat are calling a controversial 20 to 14 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. I say suck at New Jersey. That's what I say when people call it controversial because I'm sorry, Simon, what did you call them? Uh, yes, I, I know of them as New Jersey 1 and New Jersey 2. Or, or the A team and the B team, depending on that. I, you know, but I'm we, going to now alienate anyone who is a supporter of those teams. So uh, very sorry. So we won't upset certain fan bases by telling you which ones is which one is one and which one is two. <laughs> no, uh, exactly. But, but we would like to congratulate the Washington football team, the team that has never missed the playoffs. Think about that. The wow. Washington football team has never missed the playoffs. And uh, what I'm referring to when I say suck at New Jersey is, look, we can look at this in many different ways. You had your chances, okay? And you blew some chances. We all know how seasons land at the end. And some teams are ahead of the game. Some teams are behind. They need some help. 
But I got to just say, you got to take care of your own business. You can't worry about that. And you can't criticize how other teams play the game. I mean, look at Kansas City yesterday. They didn't play any of their starters. Pittsburgh didn't play their starters. So many teams, because they took care of business ahead of time, they didn't need any help. They rested their players. And that's their right. I mean, how do you think the teams that they were playing against feel? And so that's all I'm saying is, look, you had your chances. Giants, if you had taken care of business way back when in October, you would have had you wouldn't have had to depend on Washington to win anything or lose anything, however you want to look at it. So in my opinion, that's on you. Now, wait a minute. Let, let's let's just take the opposing side of the argument here. Obviously, you're very strong about this. But like, what about the integrity of the game? Like, how do you actually fix this problem? You're saying it's not a problem because that's just how it works. But as someone who is somewhat invested, but not, I mean, this happens in rugby as well. Like it, when, when the Rugby World Cup comes around, there are it's a bit different because there are really bad teams and really good teams It'll be like england versus georgia being the russian being the, you know the the former soviet state georgia which obviously aren't that great a team and so typically we can rest players but it really does have a massive knock-on effect and so you're basically and your argument is somewhat saying this as well it's basically saying well it's just up to how the scheduling goes and that is just tough on you but i i'm just saying is there a way of balancing this out is there a way of making this fairer because if i was a new jersey one uh, supporter then I, I i would be a bit annoyed it's like why are we not why is the integrity of the game being challenged here just so to kind of know what i'm saying here we have oh, a no, similar no, no. problem that happens in in the rugby world cup in my opinion a similar problem happens near the end of the nfl as well so okay well i the the best solution i've ever heard and i'm certainly not going to take credit for this i believe i know it was on the mike and mike show way back when they had their show and i believe it was greeny i think this is the greeny rule or something they called it whatever where basically because we're basically talking about draft picks okay so now the eagles will have a better draft pick because they lost as opposed right. to had they won the game all that so that's where this kind of is focusing at and his it was it's to this day, it's the best way I've heard is instead of giving the worst team the first pick in the draft, which I know we all think, well, hello, they need the most help. OK, his way is now. So there's 14 playoff teams this year. OK, so they're numbered one through 14. Basically, his version of it is whatever team comes in 15th place gets the first pick, 16th place gets the second pick and so on and so forth. This way. Right down to the last game of the season, you're still trying to win because you want that first pick. And if you come in 15th place, you're going to get that first pick or a higher pick. And I think that's a great way. Now, of course, the logical side people will say, well, wait a minute. If you're in four, well, if you're in 14th place, some people will say, well, are we really going to win anything in 14th place? And so why don't we tank the last week? So we drop to 15th. And we'll give up one season of being in the playoffs to get a first round pick. So there's always going to be loopholes, I guess, around it. But I do think it's a better solution than what we have now. I do. I would think a one playoff game, an extra game, TV time and all that stuff, then if they had incentive to make the playoffs, then yes, I don't think we would have those problems. But you can see where I'm going. But I do think that's the best solution to answer your question, Simon, is that's right. the best solution yeah. I've heard. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine a team not wanting to make the playoffs to make a first-round draft pick. But I can imagine the the other argument being, well, yeah, but if you just are simply that bad that you can't win games even when you're trying, then do you deserve to have the first-round draft pick, which is probably the initial feeling behind it. But I would right. say, which would never get adopted in the NFL, 
and not actually something that I've I, I've always been on the fence as to whether I like how we have relegation. If I'm looking at like the English Premier League, the incentive is that you don't want to get relegated. So you know, <laughs> if you if you added that into the mix of the NFL, that like the bottom two teams you get relegated to whatever, I don't know what the Canadian Football League or something, then like <laughs> whoa. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just throwing Easy, it out we might there. have some Canadian listeners out there. Just uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. I'm I'm just trying to alienate anyone I can at this point. Um, right. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm just saying, then then you'd see people uh, really trying to stay in the the NFL. Yeah, there, that's I true. Think, that's very know. true. So I didn't know that actually. I've heard the term and I I knew. It, so they just get kicked out of the league. Is that what happens? <laughs> I mean, you get not kicked. I mean, I guess you could phrase it as being kicked out of the league but uh it's relegations so like there are divisions below the premier league there's, oh uh, the championship, and there's division gotcha. one two three it goes all the way down to like you know your local village league and so you just go down to the lower league i see gotcha um, so you can't then, even compete for that, a super bowl you, the next year i gotcha no you you have to wait to get promoted or you'd have to try but uh, it, it has massive financial implications as well because obviously there's just so much more money in the premier league than there is in the the, the lower leagues sure. wow and it, it just has it's a massive it has a massive knock on effect and like a lot of teams that get relegated end up not being able to get promoted the next year because they just it's just such a drastic change and like but now they have windfall money that now when you get relegated you still get a lump sum so that you're not completely screwed but it, it it's it's a whole different dynamic that you guys don't have and when I first you know started learning about the NFL I was like oh I like that you don't get relegated it kind of takes away that. Yeah, I feel like you have more of a chance to build a team. You have more of a chance to have longevity and not be playing the short term. That a lot of the, like the bottom, the bottom, the, the teams in the bottom half of the Premier League, you know, often will play more of a short term thinking game of like getting in older players that can maybe get them a win versus like developing their youth a lot more. So like, there are there are pros and cons to each, but it would be fascinating to see the NFL function with a relegation system i actually yeah i think that would be fun actually but there's no place to go that's the problem so I mean, well we do have arena league football so maybe they could go to the arena league the, the fun thing in england is like even though most likely it's impossible even the smallest team can kind of have these ideas of well one day we could make it to the premier league you know like if we do this and this so there's, there's always like kind of that hope especially like in the you know the division just below the premier league it's always like this hope of like we're going to make it to the premier league and you could have that here like you said with your baseball teams of oh my god my uh, my team is going to make it this year yeah. Well, anyway, we wanted to say a big congratulations to all our Washington listeners. We know there's a large fan base that listen to the big show and this show. So congratulations on making the playoffs. You get to host a game against Tampa Bay next Oof. week. So good luck with that. Maybe. And right. hey, they do they do have history on their side. The last two teams that had uh, I don't want to say horrible seasons, but let's face it, they finished seven and nine. The last two teams, it was Seattle in 2010, I believe, against my Saints. They finished seven and nine. And I was furious, of course, because we had won like 11 games that year. But we had to go to Seattle for a playoff game for a team that went seven and nine. And we lost that home field advantage sometimes can mean a lot, especially up in Seattle when you have fans. So but this time Tampa Bay has to travel up to Washington. Oh, and the other time when Carolina was seven, eight and one on a season and they won their first round playoff game. So it can happen. So. I'm telling you, especially if, if the defense in Washington can get at Tom Brady, 
it's going to make him uncomfortable quick. If they can do it quick, I think they have a shot. So we'll see. We won't go over the other games because we'll leave that to the pros on the big show because, I don't know, we're, we can give our opinions. But the one other not really playoff news, but I did want to give some hope to the Detroit Lions. They're, they're a terrible team. We know that. They've been terrible for a long time. However, the Detroit Lions didn't win much on the field this season, but thanks to their kicker and a wager made over the summer, Matt Prater did win the entire city of Detroit a free beer. Back in July, Bud Light issued a challenge to Prater and Denver Broncos kicker Brandon McManus, coincidentally the kicker who replaced Prater with the Broncos, that whoever kicked the longest field goal of the season would win his city free beer. Prater made a 59-yarder to beat Washington, of all teams, As time expired on November 15th, which ended up being the longest field goal either player made this season, in doing so, not only did Prater win the game, sorry, Washington fans, which ended up being ex-coach Matt Patricia's final win with the Lions, but he also earned his city some free beer. So chin up, Detroit fans. At least you got something out of it. Now, when we say free beer, does that mean one beer per citizen of Detroit? I mean, how does this work? How do I, I, if I live in Detroit, (laughs) can I I fly to Detroit now and get my free beer? Oh, that's it. Good question. I don't know. You I probably think have to show ID. Yeah, you probably have to be like a Michigan or maybe even Detroit. I don't know. That's a well, good that that's sounds good... like beer, beer suppression as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's like taco, whatever that is, when Mookie Betts won us all free right. tacos from Taco Bell when he stole the base in the World Series. Yeah. Uh, so, that, yeah, that's that's what did you call that? Beer suppression? Is that what you beer, call it? Beer suppression. I mean, it's like yeah. boozer suppression. You know, I yeah, have right. Idea. Yeah. Wow. Maybe you can mail it in and then get, oh, never mind. Too, <laughs> oh, too, too yeah. soon? Too soon? All right. And oh, real quick. Man. <laughs> Before let's we got to get out of here. But real quick, uh, we do have a new segment we're calling Duh. It's not really a segment. It's you know how we do errors, omissions, shout outs, updates. We now have Duh. Well, Lee Gordon wrote into us and he is right. We missed the boat. Roxy and I, we won't put Simon in this category because he was not involved. But we missed the boat on asking Bobby's wife, uh, I believe her name was Kim, how Reginald was doing. She works at the National Zoo, or she volunteers or whatever at the at the zoo. And yeah, so good on you, Lee Gordon, for calling us out. We missed the boat. Would have been the perfect follow-up question, and we missed out. So yeah, and it was also it was also a really sad day for me yesterday because I found out that Tony officially does not like me because I'm in the position of ketchup is the sixth food group. So I put ketchup on almost everything, and apparently, oh, do you? Okay, so well, Tony oh, doesn't like I would you have either. Ke- I have ketchup on cucumber. I used to have it on my salads, on toast. Oh, on toast. okay. Oh. Well, this is Simon. We have to have you back because this is a whole other topic that we will get into. <laughs> Because I have another friend that I once got into a competition with, but we'll go there at some other time. So we're going to definitely have to have you back for that because that'll be great. Anyway, Loyal Littles, enough of us going on and on and on about ketchup. It is now time for your favorite segment in ours. It's now time to meet the Littles. We'll be right back. If you're ready or not It hits you out of nowhere With everything it's got Love don't care Alright, for all you country music fans out there We are being played in today by Becky Denton 
And this song is called Love Don't Care. And it's a duet with Brent Rader. We're excited. This is the first time we've had Becky on our show. And if you'd like to reach out to her, you can find her on Instagram and Facebook. And those are at Becky Denton Music. That's B-E-C-K-Y-D-E-N-T-O-N-M-U-S-I-C. Or you can find her on her website, which is BeckyDenton.com. And if you want, check out last month, she just released the video for Love Don't Care. So that's really cool. So check that out. Again, BeckyDenton.com or at BeckyDentonMusic. And as always, we'll play the entire song, Love Don't Care, at the end of the podcast. Love don't care where you've been before. It welcomes you without strength. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time for our favorite segment. It's time to meet the littles. And with us today... All the way from Super G land, only Maryland, welcome, Daryl Diamond. How you doing, Daryl? Doing great, Chuck and Roxy. How are y'all doing today? <laughs> doing good. So, Daryl, how we usually like to start the podcast is we just turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do, all that kind of stuff. Whatever you want to let the loyal littles know. Go ahead. Sure. Well, uh, I'm Daryl. Uh, I'm uh, from only Maryland, which is just outside uh, D.C., I've been a listener of the show for uh, many years, uh, and uh, I'm a uh, professional meeting and event planner. Oh, okay. Wow. And so how how long have you been listening to Tony? You said quite a while. And how did you first start getting introduced to him? So yeah, I go back like a couple of the other littles back to the uh, early 90s, early to mid 90s. Oh, I came wow. down here for uh, for college and turned on the sports radio station, whatever that it was, TEM or whatever it was at the time. And there was this guy, the same guy that was I was reading in the Washington Post, and he was uh, cranky and ornery, and he was he was everything that I grew up with up in New York, listening to uh, listening to Imus and listening to uh, Mike and the Mad Dog, so it, it fit right in. Now I saw on your sheet that you turned in. You're originally from New Jersey, is that true? Is that where you grew up? Yeah, I grew up in I uh, grew up in North Jersey, oh, okay, and uh, so not not far outside the city. So you know, in in Jersey, we're either you're either a New Yorker or you're from Philly. There's there's right. that there's that there's that weird area out by the Delaware Water Gap all the way in the western part of the state, but we don't really recognize that. So you know, there's only two halves: you're 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 north or you're south. As we like to say, you're either pork roll or you're Taylor ham. <laughs> <laughs> and you uh you went down to D.C. for college. Is that what you said? Yeah, I went down here uh, back in the uh, early '90s, and uh, I won't disclose my university because I believe I still owe them money. And oh. <laughs> um, I listened to the show and uh, all the way through onto the ESPN uh, ESPN broadcast days. And then, of course, where I have a little bit of history is that I worked with Tony in the same studio. So when he was producing the show in the Atlantic Video Studios, uh, where they also filmed PTI and Around the Horn, for what it's worth, I was working there. So I would see Tony every day. We'd walk by the studio windows where he's he and him and Andy were doing the show. And it was like nothing. It was never, you know, we never really thought anything of it. And uh, it was only when I left that I started really listening to the show again. I was like, ah, you know, I really like this. You know, we couldn't, we couldn't really, you know, we couldn't put our head in the studio what he was recording. As, as sure. uh, you probably know, he's got a, um, a temper is a nice, nice way to put it uh, and doesn't like to be interrupted, which I can understand. This is his, you know, it's his job. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so for, so for us, it was just a lot of, you know, we'd see him in the hallway uh, in between uh, commercials and you say hello and that, that was the end. It's like another coworker. You go back to your day. Right. Right. Now, I also saw on your sheet, you said you have some funny stories. Is there anything specific? 
Well, uh, it's, uh, it depends who's. It depends entirely who's listening. But yeah, we there, we had a couple of fun things. Uh, so at the studio, we used to uh, book some of the sales, uh, as Tony likes to refer to them, the sales weasels. Used to uh, book uh, weekend jobs. One one salesperson in particular used to book these music video shoots to come into the big studios and and record. And he tell you, anyway, one day the shoot had a lot of scantily clad women, I guess as background dancers. They needed dressing rooms. So we set them up in this in a couple of the spare dressing rooms we had uh, down the lower level, which is at the same level where Tony and Mike's dressing room was. Let's just say uh, they didn't necessarily respect closed doors. And a couple, <laughs> a couple of them were in Mr. Tony's dressing room uh, doing their thing. And uh, oiling up, and uh, he used to know when somebody was in his dressing room, and and uh, we didn't want a uh, we didn't want a, a nuclear meltdown on Monday. So I actually had the opportunity not a not a great story, but it, it's a story. I had an opportunity well, to. If not, just please tell me this is where he met Courtney, and the rest is history. No, no, and there, no, okay. <laughs> I've never. I always wanted to meet Courtney, not not for uh, for, for uh, you know I like putting faces with names. Absolutely, uh, right, right, but, uh, yeah. You know, that was, uh, and, you know, we did stuff. He, he would come into, there was uh, another one I loved. We were, uh, we used to work down by the entrance to the garage where our offices were. And he comes in one day and uh, I guess somebody had parked in his, his spot. Now we shared the space, the office building with the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms. So there were always a lot of federal agents there with, obviously with, with firearms. <laughs> and he comes in screaming one day, he says, Somebody parked in my spot. Uh, you got You have to find out who it is. You have to move them. Here are my keys. You know, did the Jeff Ma and, and tossed us his keys. And he said, "You find out who it is and move my car." <laughs> and, uh, we, we said, "You know, look, uh, Tony, uh, we'd we'd love to help you here, but uh, whoever parked there most likely has a sidearm." And um, you know, I, I'm very clear that my job description does not entitle me entitle to put myself in in harm's way over a parking spot. And uh, I don't know if he got the message or not, but uh, he he took the keys back and kind of kind of huffed off. But that was always, oh my gosh, that was always his "Don't you know who I am?" moment. Uh, I love that. <laughs> but like I said, he's he, you know he's been awesome too. We we've seen him down at Chatter a few times. Had the opportunity to go down there a few times. And I took my son. Uh, I have a, a he's he's t- almost ten now, but time I think he was seven or eight. And we took him down for breakfast. And, and Mr. Tony w- couldn't have been nicer and uh, signed a baseball. Uh, oh, uh, wow. A Mr. Tony show baseball, no less. Signed the baseball yeah. <laughs> and tossed it to him. So I, I was, you know, like I said, he's, he's a, he is a great guy. You catch oh, anybody yeah. a long time. But uh, he's, he's authentic, if nothing else. So you being from, how long have you been in D.C.? So I've been in D.C. for about 25 years now. Wow, 25 years. Okay, so this, is, uh, this could be interesting. Understand from your form, you also have a bone to pick about Yankee fans, but let's start where... Oh, who, no, no, what's no. Your, <laughs> well, what's your fan base? I mean, what, right. what's your team? What's your sport? So, I mean, I'm, I'm true to New York. I'm a Mets fan. Okay. Uh, grew gotcha. up baseball oh, fan sorry, all the way. That's all right. You can be sorry as you want. You know, we're a better team. We're classier. But uh, <laughs> just going back to one of the previous callers who said he doesn't root for any professional team because he roots for the Jets... That's how I feel on a you know a day in doubt day in and day out basis. The difference is I forced my child to become a Jets fan too because ah. lo- losing and disappointment builds character. That's true. It sure does. Very true. <laughs> but no, I grew up I grew up a Mets fan, and, and that's my bone is that bone to pick is that you guys were talking a few episodes back about the Mets fans with Yankee fans, and 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 if the the Mets were in the World Series, you'd root for them. Let me tell you what if the, when the Yankees make the World Series. We, we always root for the National League team. It doesn't matter if it's the Nationals or the Braves. My, my, my wife likes to say, my wife is Good also for you, sir. Listen, 
from my two wife, Red Sox fans, good for you. No. Yes. Well, you tell you tell Roderick that's what we're that's what we're talking about. But my 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 wife, who also grew up a Mets fan, she says when the like the Braves play the Phillies, you know, she she hopes for the stadium to implode, which I, which oh my I gosh. Think is is a, is a really satisfying uh, resolution to to the, to a problem that you might have. Right, right. But now, but now the interesting thing is for me, growing up, I grew up a Jets fan in Giants country. So where I grew up, uh, a lot of the Giants lived. Bill Parcells lived in the town over, and, and in fact, wow. uh, my my dad and and him would see each, he'd see them at the uh, at the bus stop at the uh, little corner store. My dad was taking the bus into the city, and, and Parcells was on his way to practice. And a lot of guys used to know him, but we never had a problem with the Giants. You know, if the Giants were in the Super Bowl, okay, yeah, great, yeah, great, go for it. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's just, the Jets have just been so bad that there's there's nothing there's been you know I'm I'm not uh, I was not around for the Super Bowl years and I mean the closest thing I had was uh, was Chad Pennington and Mark yeah Sanchez. so you had a couple AFC championships but yeah you know, Chad Pennington games. and Mark Sa- Mark Sanchez pre butt fumble you know yeah. was 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 pretty good but uh, so I, I've never had I've never had a lot of winning with the Jets and so the the Mets has always been my thing and then they're great and and they're going to be better than the Yankees this year which always makes me terribly happy. We've got <laughs> bold predictions here on the World well, podcast. Absolutely. If, if we have baseball in 2021, the Mets will win more games than the Yankees. Whoa. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Write that one down. But so I want to inter- I want I want to ask yeah. you guys a question though because okay. you know you you inter- you ask us all these questions. Sure. I saw Chuck. I I did my Facebook snooping because Uh-oh. that's my job is to know the most about guests. I do a podcast which we'll talk about a little bit later too. Okay. I saw you know you talk about softball all the time. You guys, yeah. I saw you play in one of these old time pre nineteen hundred soft uh, or, uh, baseball nice. games for Doubleday Field in in uh, Hoboken. And I have to ask about that. What was that experience like? That was some of the coolest, most painful times in my playing career. No gloves. Um, no gloves. I, I played for the Hoboken Nine, and they play, I believe it's 1864 rule, so no gloves. We play with a hard ball. Now, it's not as hard as today's ball, but it's not soft. Let's put it that way. Anyone, if you want to have some fun with it, in all serious, I'll continue a little bit. But, I mean, it was some of the greatest experience I've ever gone through. We got to play in Cooperstown. The, the weird one was obviously exciting, but it was weird. We played at St- Staten Island Yankee Stadium. It was just – it was great. I mean, for those of you who don't know, it, there are leagues all around the country, at least from the east to the Midwest, that I know of for sure. It's a travel baseball team. You play old-time baseball. Old, old-time baseball, we're usually – I almost thought of it as like an acting gig in some senses, except it's competitive mm-hmm. because they do not allow anything modern, no cell phones, no backpacks, no nothing at the fields. Mm-hmm. And usually you get hired. I say hired. I mean we didn't really get paid. We had basically enough to cover travel costs, if that. And a lot of times we had to kick in our own money. But it was almost like being in a minor league baseball player. And like historical societies would hire us. We would – as part of their like historic day, they would encourage the fans to come dressed. And so many people did. They would come dressed. They would sell like five cent hot dogs and 10 cent beers. And we would play the game and they'd come to watch us. And it's literally there's home plate is a round plate, just like it was. The bags are just bags full of hay or whatever. Our backstop is hay bales. The arbitrator, because there is no umpire back then, he's in a top hat and a suit tuxedo type suit with a cane and he stands off to the side and umpire referees the game i mean it was just if you're a baseball fan it was one of the coolest things i ever got to do and i could still do it unfortunately 
my schedule because I uh, have had a full-time job here in New York, I couldn't just up and leave every weekend and travel to these places. I mean, since then they've played on the Gettysburg battlefield, all these historic, it's just really cool. It's so that, that I asked because we go um, almost every year to the, to the tournament in Gettysburg in, in, um, Oh, it's okay. either June or July. I think it's July. Yeah. And they have the great, there's like nine or 10 teams that, that uh, play yeah. all, uh, all weekend in Gettysburg. And it's, it's a, it's a ton of fun. You go up there, you're the, you know, the fans are the only people with modern devices, but we, uh, you know, we've right. got the camera out and oh, we, we love that tournament up there, except for, except for that it's July in Gettysburg, which is, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. Well, one thing <laughs> I also didn't mention is we wear the old time uniforms. So yeah. these are full wool uniforms. And I mean, it is so hot. But it is so much – if you want to have some fun, and, and Daryl, if you haven't seen this, you need to Google this too. Conan O'Brien did this segment on his late-night show. So just Google Conan O'Brien, old-time baseball. Unfortunately, he's completely making fun of us. But um, <laughs> it's it was a real it, – it's literally like an almost a 10-minute segment. It's hilarious. He basically is like, come on, what are you doing? And at one point, like, he he's interviewing the arbitrator – and he goes, oh, he touches his pot. He's like, oh, what's that? He op- he opens the flap, and it's like a, a modern-day granola bar. And he's like, what that? what's that? <laughs> oh, and, then, and then at one point, because we have a place on Long Island that we go to play quite a bit, and all of a sudden this major <laughs> this 747 flies over our heads. And so he makes a big deal about that, like, oh, what's that in the sky? He's like, everyone duck. <laughs> like, you know, but, you know, so clearly we do our best, but there's going to be modern day things that come into play sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, but, yeah, it is really fun. It's really historic. I mean, when we were at Doubleday Field in Cooperstown, it was cool. I mean, we had a crowd of about 350, 400 people watching our game, which that never happens. And it was just, you know, for a schmuck like me who just enjoys playing baseball or softball, whatever, it was kind of exciting, you know, and to stand at the home plate where Babe Ruth hit that home run. And, you know, it was just, it's just really cool. So, so that was kind so of what, what's better since you guys play so much softball, you guys play in the Broadway league. What's, what's, what's more competitive, the Broadway league or the, Mon- <laughs> oh, the Montgomery, or the Montgomery <laughs> County men's over 40 synagogue softball league? Uh, I would be, I, well, it depends which division of the Broadway show league. That's <laughs> true. Uh, which team you're playing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's three different divisions. The The morning division is the easy, uh, some people, if they hear this, they're going to be mad at me. I mean, it's the shows play each other, like Lion King plays Wicked. And, and those are usually the more fun, just, hey, we're out here having fun. Then in late afternoon, then there's two divisions later where the teams that have been playing forever, like Equity and Local One and just teams like that, they're really good. And they've been playing together for like 25 years. You know, these other morning shows, when the show closes, there's no more team. So they just yeah. move on. And yeah, anyway. Hey, listen, Daryl, you can stick around, right? Yeah, yeah. See All here. right, good, good. Let's, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. As you may have heard on Tony's show yesterday, during the month of January, the Tony Kornheiser Show will be donating a portion of the sales from its online shop to benefit Rocco's Warriors. You may recall that Rocco is Robert Berg's nephew who passed away at age two due to complications from leukemia. Rocco's Warriors was created to help families with the financial burdens of caring for a child diagnosed with cancer. And now a statement directly from Rocco's Warriors. Rocco's Warriors is just so honored and humbled by the outpouring of support from the littles and now the bigs. 
Your generosity has surpassed anything we could have ever imagined, and we are so, so grateful. Michelle and Brandon Montelion, Rocco's parents. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to shop.tonykornheisershow.com and get your Tony Kornheiser show hat or Tony Kornheiser sweatshirt and help us help them support this fantastic cause. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. We are here with Daryl Diamond having a good conversation. And actually, just off air, we were talking about something really interesting. You would reference the old-time baseball that I play. And uh, actually, if you don't mind, you were telling me about a book. I think you should bring that up because I think there, some of our listeners might be into that. Sure. I know that uh, I know we got a lot of uh, baseball fans here. I, I read a book years ago about uh, historical fiction about the uh, 1869 Cincinnati Reds, uh, Red Stockings. And it was uh, it was called If I Never Get Back by Daryl Brock. Uh, no relation. <laughs> and uh, and uh, no, it was it was a great book, but it, it talks about it's it's a story about how he uh, goes back in time and uh, plays with uh, with Harry Wright and his brother on the uh, 69, 1869 Cincinnati Reds, the first professional baseball team. Right, right. So definitely, wow, a, a, cool. a, it's it's older, but if you can if you can find it there on the uh, on the Amazon or on your Google machine, I highly yeah. recommend it. I'll have to check nice. that out. Now. You also said how you brought that up was that you did your homework on us. Yes. And so I did the same. And okay. I found out that you have a podcast. I do. Own. Care to go into that at all? Like, what, what's Because I no, have some questions no, about why, it. Why, why would I make your job easy, Chuck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. The, the podcast is called Miracle Workers. It's a podcast for meeting planners and by meeting planners. The co-host is uh, my friend Amanda, who is also a meeting planner. Now, the funny story, there's, there's two stories here. Number one, Amanda is not my wife, but like you said, you are not the only one. We have guests, mm-hmm. regular guests, and they all think that we're married and they keep looking. We do this on Zoom uh, for the recording so we can all see each other and everybody keeps waiting for me to walk into her shot and her to walk into my shot. And they don't understand <laughs> why we have different things or why they see a dog bark, hear a dog barking in one room, but don't hear it in the other. And now the interesting thing, she has never heard of Tony Kornheiser. So she, she, uh, is also, is not a fan of the show. Now my real life wife is, uh, we were talking about this earlier. My real life wife is not a little, she's a, she's not a little, she's not a tiny, she's a miniature. Uh, she like she she like some of the other guests' wives uh, won't let me listen to the show uh, with her. And when I start talking about the bald orange man screaming at Subarus, she also turns it off. But my wife is actually her background is also in meeting planning, and she's oh, since wow. moved oh. on to elevated career. But we actually at one time were both meeting planners. Oh, oh neat. No. Okay, is that Which how you met? Not, no, not at all. And okay. it's not nearly as thrilling as we met because we're Mets fans. We uh, oh. we. Yeah, we we met on um, we did the uh, online dating thing when it was uh, when it was not yet fully creepy. Uh, this is <laughs> this this is back in the early early two thousands, and mm-hmm. uh, no, we, we were both Mets fans, both living in the D.C. area, and uh, we hit it off. When I told her that I wanted to name my first dog, the first rescue dog we got, Mookie, after Mookie Wilson, she was in, and so that was uh, and it's been oh, that's uh, great. Many years of what she will say is marital bliss, and I, and I will say otherwise uh, since then. <laughs> so going back real quick to the, your favorite sport, you're, so you're obviously New York everything or New Jersey, whatever you want to say. Um, and my question is, though, so how was it uh, about a year ago when you're down there and the Nationals are doing so well? And what was your thought process through that? I mean, were you rooting for them because they are National League or – 
God, oh, no. Okay. The, the, not as bad as the Yankees because they've been laughable. But you're wondering when they're much like the Capitals. You're wondering when they were going to choke. Right, uh, right. You know, I don't mean it. Look, the Nats fans, and I have friends who have been Nats fans from the day they moved here. That's great. And if that's your team, you know, good for you. It's not my team. It's a, it's a rival of my team. I will not root for them. But, you know, look, it was it was fun to have the, the World Series here, just like it was fun to have the All-Star game here. It's a blast. But uh, So you know, well, the- let me ask you a question then. So who do you root for? Like in the World Series, if, if the Mets aren't in it, mm-hmm. which is usually the case, who do you root I, for? I, I root for a good game. Like I, I watch— oh, okay. I watched this year. I watched the Dodgers and I watched the Rays, and I won six and seven games. I mean, that's yeah. I love I love baseball. I will sit and mm-hmm. watch a game. You know, we get the um, the MLB package, and sometimes I'll, I'll turn on a West Coast game and just watch because yeah. it's a lot of fun. So I mean, I'll listen. I'll, I'll listen to a Red Sox game. Frankly, it doesn't doesn't yeah. bother me, and I can I can I can even root for the Red Sox because we beat them. Uh. By we. <laughs> But by we, I mean I mean the team that I root for. Not that I had anything to do with it. Sure. Oh, so. no, it's, right. it's we. It's definitely we. That's a whole other podcast. But it's we. Um, oh, that's interesting because I'm the same exact way. As far as I mean, I usually pick someone to root for in the World Series, but I always hope for six or seven games. Especially now that I've gotten into fantasy. I, especially if I draft the team a certain way. I find that, oh my God, I have all the Giants, Angels, and Dodgers on my team. So now I'm up till three in the morning watching these games because I have the MLB package too. So it's like, it's crazy. But, but yeah. when you're, but when you're drafting a fantasy team, okay, as a Red Sox fan, let's say, you know, uh, Aaron judge falls to you in your draft position. Now, would you, would you take a Yankee if you, if, oh if yeah. Yeah. If, if, if I had, to, if it's, if it made sense, I mean, if there's someone else there comparable, then no, I, I see what you're saying. And yes, yeah. that, that does come into my mind. Same thing in football, fantasy football. I have the same kind of issues, but yeah, no, I, I, okay. I would. But like I said, if, if there's someone I feel like is just as good as, I mean, I think Mike Trout's better, but I'm trying to think of someone else that's. If you got, I mean, if, again, if you're you're drafting, let's say in the third round and, and Aaron Judge comes to you and you need an outfielder, you know, yeah, you got to take him. But I got to tell you, you know, there, there are times that I will not, uh, I'm superstitious. So if, I start, <laughs> if, if I'm setting a weekly lineup for fantasy baseball and I've got a pitcher that's going against the Mets that week, it doesn't matter if it's Clayton Kershaw, I'm going to sit him down for the week. I will take a uh. loss. Rather than mm. I'm, I'm, more, I'm, I'm oh really? Loyal. That's interesting because yeah. well because it's it sounds like we could do our own show like Will Bond and Tony because like now I take the other side on that and I say well look if we're gonna get our ass kicked in real life well I might as well get the fantasy points for it right <laughs> you know at least my fantasy team's gonna do well but I understand what you're saying is being superstitious because I'm kind of the same way sometimes so. So we just have some other quick questions real quick so some other fun ones have you ever had an email read on the show? I have not. I am only like Danny DeVito in in one sense. I am short. I am certainly not funny. <laughs> okay. Now, so you've tried though, is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I've tried a few times. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's never never been worth Tony's time, and that's okay. I'm uh, I'd rather save it for the for the professionals. Gotcha, gotcha. Now you you referenced earlier. You have been to Chatter, correct? Yeah, we've been to Chatter a couple times. You know, down here in D.C., it was uh, we took a couple uh, half days at work, so I can come in in the afternoon and went down for the for the for the breakfast. And yeah, it's real shame with what happened with the restaurant that it didn't yeah. take off because it was my first job in college. Out of college was uh, at a local news station just up the street, and so that was uh, Chadwick's at the time was the place that everybody, all the news people, used to go and hang out after the ten and eleven o'clock broadcasts. So that was my I knew the place from there, 
And then uh, when it turned to Chad's, you know, we all, there you go once or twice. It's just not the same. And then when Tony announced he was buying it, first of all, I was, of course, very upset that did not name it Shinebox because that was the... (laughs) That was really, I was really hoping that was going to be the uh, the, the choice. But, uh, you know, when, when Tony announced that he and Gary and uh, Maury were buying it, you know, I was really excited. And we went down for breakfast and that breakfast was pretty good. And, uh, you know, Karen was uh, was waiting tables down there. She's she's a rock star. Uh, even brought my kid down once and he loved the pancakes. That was that was his remark. And not not that he was sitting next to Ed Bud from uh, from from Michigan, but that he was uh, he enjoyed the pancakes. So I <laughs> Take it, take it for what it's worth. But, uh, okay. you know, it, it, it was cool because it was a chance for for all the littles that were able to to come and see the show and, and see it, you know, up close. I had the opportunity, like I said earlier, to do it twice now. So I had an opportunity to do it while working and then the opportunity to do it as, as a fan. And so, uh, you know, I definitely love it more as a fan because I could I could you know, you could you could be that fan and, and laugh and clap and uh, not seem weird to everybody else standing in the hallways of the studio. <laughs> Right. right. We we never made it down. It, it's yeah. I, it's so sad. And part of me, though, on the other hand, it's funny because I love the D.C. area. And I thought kind of thank goodness I didn't live there, though, because I probably would have been there every day. I mm. probably would have been there every day spending too much money, even just at night watching games and stuff. It just would have been a lot of fun. And, uh, the, the, the funny thing was it was a you know, it was just a typical bar with a little upscale. I mean, I say typical. I mean, D.C. has a, quite a few of these places. It was just what made it so special was where it was and obviously the, you know, having the show there. But it was, you know, I, I feel bad for people that didn't get to enjoy it. But the fact that, you you know, we still get to listen to the show every day is uh, it makes me feel good. And I, the nice thing is that Tony and his guests are always so descriptive. So so while I've certainly never been to his home nor seen Uncle Ben's <laughs> table, I can, you know, I, I you can picture it and you can picture oh, Michael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you picture Michael sitting there six feet and one inch away and, you know, you hear Chessie in the other room. And I think of my dog, you know, sticking his head around the corner to investigate before barking. And so it's I, that's the thing I love about the show. You don't get that with everything that you listen to. Yeah, no, that's very true. It is a shame. I just wish I could have gotten down there because a lot of times I get so jealous when I see these pictures that people post in the in the group pages of this gathering and all these well like they used to post pictures from trivia night and yeah. to see all these people and I, that I feel like I know but I had I didn't know them and so that's one thing that I love about the podcast is because we get to meet people like you and get to know you and you, you all are so nice it's I we have not and we're not just saying that, right, Roxy? I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I love meeting new people, but I was not expecting to love meeting littles as much as I am. I feel like we have this one conversation and I, of course, you know, wish them well and want to, you know, make sure that they're doing okay. And I I care about all of you. Um, <laughs> Roxy, she, Roxy has like a whole new set of friends now. It's hilarious. I know, it's great. I, 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 don't, I don't know if this is appropriate, but Roxy, you know, Roxy off the air asked for my phone number and I, I didn't uh. know. I didn't know I didn't how, to, how to react to that. Well, that was for our lawyers purposes. Oh, so, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's been so much fun getting to know this group of people where you all have your own uniqueness to you, but you have this one thing that brings you all together. It's yeah. really special. Daryl, we just now have some, we call fun, dumb questions. We're okay. acknowledging that they're dumb. So Roxy, you got a question for Daryl? Yeah, so actually, full disclosure, this was not on our list of questions. However, what do you put on your hot dog? First thing I want to say is the Chicago dog, that's not a hot dog. That's a, a sandwich with some topping, a whole bunch of toppings. That's way too fancy. <laughs> 
Now, right, right here, before I tell you that question, I know there was a question that came up about celery salt. I knew exactly what celery salt was because I have some in my spice cabinet. So I went into the spice cabinet, it's all the way in the back with all of the, uh, the extracts. So yep. in my spice cabinet, and I really wish this was on camera right now. So I have the celery salt here. I also have garlic salt, which uh -huh. are you familiar with that? We oh, are. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, that's, yeah, that's. Now, now I have, now I, I'm going to take this up a notch. I have tomato salt. What? Whoa. So this is this is ground sea salt with dehydrated tomato skins. We we made some sauce one night. We made some marinara one night. And, you know, you press the tomatoes out after you uh, steam them to, to get the juice and the, the pulp out. And so the skins are left over. So I put those in the dehydrator and, and dried them up, chopped them up, and tossed them with some salt in a frying pan over low heat and then bottled it up. So we now have tomato salt. Wow. Huh. And last last but not least, my favorite kind of salt, which I don't think technically qualifies, is Salt Lick. Salt Lick Ranch from uh, Austin, Texas. The Salt Lick Dry Rub. But it says okay. salt on it, and it was in my spice cabinet, so I'm going to get the count. But your question, your, was no, about, your question was about hot dogs. Well, I was going to say, are you putting all this on your hot dog? No, God, no, oh, no. Okay. I, 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 the Salt Lick, maybe. But no, hot dogs, listen, for people don't understand, hot dog should have two things and two things only on it. It should have mustard. And it, the mustard should not be yellow. It should be brown. Aww. Okay. It should have mustard. <laughs> and it should have sauerkraut. And those are the only. Oh. And I'm talking like, you know, rat water, uh, street cart dogs for, in, in New York. Right. So, you know, or you right. go to the Grace. Is Grace Papaya still a thing? It's been a, it's been a minute since I've been back. Is Grace. Is uh, Grace I have no I idea. Have... Uh, yeah, I don't know. We, we're <laughs> like two two dogs and a drink for a quarter. Wasn't that the deal? No, we don't. Yeah, Roxy's afraid no, of I'm, that I'm, stuff. I'm serious about my hot dogs. I mean that mustard, mustard and 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 sauerkraut. My son, he you know he does. He's ten, so he doesn't do the the taste stuff yet. He insists on ketchup, and I I look at him every single time, and I won't uh, take it out of the fridge. He has to go. To <laughs> Hello, it's the sixth food group. How can you not put ketchup on your dog? Yeah, Chuck puts uh, ketchup on everything. <laughs> to be fair, garlic salt is like the sixth food group, so or the seventh food yeah. group, sorry. Yeah. Well, garlic, Anything garlic, any salt, garlic. garlic. Uh, so I always put garlic on my pizza, mm -hmm. which is uh, not, not New York-style pizza, just, just pizza. Just pizza. Um, <laughs> but but my, wife, my wife, when I met her, she put salt on her pizza, which Ooh. I have to tell you is not traditional in any way, shape, or form. But oh my God, it's good. Yeah, I was going to say, I've had to do it in the past, but that usually means it's a bad piece of pizza. You put a little bit of salt on there and... Uh, really? Uh, okay. And you even take that with the pizza. Now, now we're way off the topic of hot dogs, but with the pizza, what you do is you take it and you fold it backwards so that both sides are cheese. Uh, mm. So you fold, slice it, you fold a triangle slice, you take the thin part of the triangle, the, the point of the triangle, you fold it back to the crust so that you've got two halves and they both have cheese exposed. And you take a bite like that and it's, it's the best thing you ever had. And that's courtesy of a buddy of mine growing up, Dan Pashman. That's, that's his style of eating. And I'm telling you, it changes your world. Um, so question, though. This is actually this is a serious question. When you fold it, you mean so you take the bottom, fold it up, and touch the top of the crust, right? So there's okay. no cheese. On, okay, I thought I was envisioning it the other way. And I'm like, that's got to be the messiest thing to eat on this. No, I think that's what he no, means. That is what I mean. So that the crust, yeah. bottom crust is touching on the back. So your your mouth is only exposed to cheese and sauce. Wait a minute. How do you, <laughs> how does that stay together? Like messy. How does I'm it... not, it's messy, but it okay. is all right. Okay. Worth it. it messy but worth it. Absolutely. 
right, I might try it one time, but the messiness is going to be like too much because I, you know, I do it like a New Yorker. I fold it in half. You fold, you fold it in half. You let the little the oil drip out, and and you and you eat it over a paper plate. I completely right. get it. I've been yeah. growing my my whole life. <laughs> right. Way. Okay. Was if you fold it the other way, the tip folded back into the crust, so the cheese and sauce is exposed on both halves. It will change your world. Well, okay. Here's yeah. another problem with that method for me. Now I haven't done this in a long time because. When I left college and I started touring, I would go all around the country and I would ask for this and they'd look at me like I had eight heads. Now it's a thing. But in Oneonta, New York, where I went to school, college, there is a thing called cold cheese pizza. Do you know what that is? I am not cold familiar with that. Cold cheese pizza? Cold cheese pizza. Isn't that, wasn't, that the... a show, wasn't that a show on ESPN too? <laughs> <laughs> Close. And basically all it is, and it's just an Oneonta thing, but it's become a thing more often, I guess not as much as I thought, but where you just take mozzarella cheese and you put it on top of your normal pizza. Like you get a pizza slice, a hot pizza slice, you get cold mozzarella and you just put it on top and you eat it. So it's terrible for you. Okay. We're talking adding like, so we're talking cheese on top of cheese, cheese on top of cheese, but cold mozzarella, you know, cold cheese on top of the, so it's called cold cheese pizza. Well, I'm telling you for a large pie, they will bring you in these restaurants in Oneana, they'll bring you a bowl of grated cheese so that you can oh. just plop it on top and eat it. And I'm telling you, I would go around people. They were like, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, what do you mean? Just charge me an extra topping. Like pretend it's pepperoni, but I don't want pepperoni. I want more. They're like, well, we can put extra cheese on. No, 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 no. I don't want extra cheese. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I want it cold. And they're like, they look at me. They're like, ah, forget it. I'm not even going to charge you here. Put it on. Okay, and I'm, it getting, the, I'm getting pizza tomorrow night for dinner it's amazing. anyway. And I'm going to get a side of cheese. That's, it's amazing. Awesome. Anyway, it's an Oneonta thing. Shout out to Oneonta. I don't know if anyone out here listens uh, in that area, but it's it's a thing. It was great. I haven't done it in a long time because I feel like it's back when I was 80 pounds heavier, and that's probably how I got 80 pounds heavier. <laughs> so uh, I, I treat it like when I if I ever go back to Oneonta, I'll get one. Otherwise, I try to stay away. <laughs> so as an homage to the show, we'll get you out of here on this, Roxy. Right. Over or under. On. On. <laughs> on. All right. On the roll. I can't tell you. Somewhere on it. No. Wait, that sounds I, like a Will Bond push to me. What? It is not, it's not a push. I, I, I got to tell you, I just want to, to have the paper on the roll. I can't tell you how many times I walk into the house, I walk into a bathroom, and it's sitting on the floor, on the back of the toilet. <laughs> I don't care. Over, under, I don't care. I just want it on the roll. I want it there when I eat it. That is so good and so true. <laughs> that is really good. Well, Daryl, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, I know you mentioned it. Do you want to give plug your uh, podcast one more time? Any other social media you want to plug or anything like that? Uh, I don't want people to know where I am on social media, but uh, podcast for, <laughs> for any people, anybody out there who's a meeting winner, event planner, or even cares about that field, the podcast is called Miracle Workers. It's a podcast for meeting planners by meeting planners. It's available on Anchor. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get this or your other podcast style audio materials from. Well, Daryl, thank you so much. It is it has been my pleasure and it's it's always fun meeting other littles and uh, la cheesery to both of you. And all right, all you loyal littles, we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And as always, thank you Daryl for coming on such a fun time with him. I learned so much about hot dogs. I just I can't even and the pizza. <laughs> The pizza thing blew my mind. I yeah. still don't get it. I don't understand how you do that. Simon, we were talking about 
how you eat a piece of pizza. And he's trying to tell us that you take the pizza, the thin port, fold it back. Yeah, it's like the crust. Yeah. But when you but he means under, not above. He means under so that so when you bite into it. So it's on the outside. But how do you, I still don't how get do it, you, Roxy. Does he have what? a plate underneath him? I mean, this, <laughs> this is what I'm trying to get to the bottom. Well, he did yeah, say yeah. it's very messy. He did say that, which is obvious. But I'm like, it would go all over the place. You'd it'd be, get all over yourself. I don't know. I just don't get that. My thing was not so much the mess it would make. I could care less about that. But for me, I, I feel like wouldn't you burn your hand more? Because typically the cheese yeah. is a lot hotter than, I mean, the crust is hot. But I mean, I That's, guess I could, I would totally try that with a leftover slice that you. I just Roxy, pulled out of the I was fridge. Ju- I was just going to say you brought up a yes. good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious about the burning of the hand or if it's just so good that you don't care. I, well, I would want or, to see a video or a photo of this in action. <laughs> right. Well, we might be able to YouTube. I never even thought to Google it. So what kind of pizza is he eating? Is this like a brick oven well, he's in, he's in, he's from New Jersey. So, or he originally was from up here. So he's, uh, he's now in DC, but he's claiming it's just like a regular slice that you get on the street in New York. He's okay. not talking like, obviously you're not talking deep dish and stuff like that. That's not right, like talking. dollar pizza. Yeah. He's talking dollar, like a regular. Okay. Well, the dollar pizza is a bit more condensed, isn't it? It's not, that you know, we're not true. talking like, it's not like a fine Buffalo mozzarella. It's, it's just like <laughs> a slab of cheese. On a piece of bread. Yes. But I still think it would be hot and messy and just. I just don't. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's enough about the pizza. <laughs> I know Darryl, what I want for dinner you. tonight. Thank, yeah, that's true. Thank you for that. So uh, Roxy and I are excited. Simon, we're, we want to get your opinion on this, too. But we're, what are they called? Winter premieres? Is that what we're going with now, Roxy? I think so. I think we're in the winter premiere season officially. Okay, so we're talking network TV. And we're talking, we could talk about anything. We're talking Netflix, anything like that. But mostly the network TV premieres. And Roxy and I, we're big TV people. So we wanted to go over a couple of the new ones and just kind of give you, actually a couple of them started two nights ago. And we wanted to give you some, just some background on that, what our opinions were real quick. So do you want to do the new ones first, Roxy, or you want to yeah, do the returning do the, ones? Yeah, let's do the do, the new ones. Okay, because we had a few. Uh, these premiered on Sunday, so if you have to go back, these were on January third. Call Me Cat, which is the new sitcom on Fox, starring Ma'am Bialik. Is that how you say her name? Bialik. Yes. Okay, I just call her Blossom because that's how we know her. Now she was also <laughs> on The Big Bang Theory. Simon, Amy do you know who Farrah we're talking Fowler. about? Yes. <laughs> Okay. I, luckily, I have I have Google, so I now know. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. so she has a new show, and it's called Call Me Cat, spelled K-A-T. There's a play isn't on words based, there. Isn't this the one that's based on uh, yes. Miranda? It is, right? Yes. I did not know that till I was reading the credits. Uh, Jim Parsons is one of the producers, which I thought was adorable. So, yep. yes, Sheldon, Sheldon is one of the producers on the Call Me Cat show, which I thought was cute. So, I, of course, like I said, I know her as Blossom. She will always be blossoming me. That show, when I was growing up, I watched a lot. Now, Simon, you didn't see that, right? No, no, I haven't seen it yet. No. Okay, no, all right. Okay. I, I, did, I used to watch Miranda a little bit in and out, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so Roxy, go ahead. I'll let you go first. What did you think? Well, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I especially loved the fact that there were a lot of kitty cats in the show. <laughs> and they're that's just basically so why you liked freaking it. adorable. Obviously, our listeners have probably heard by now that I am a cat lady. I 
Yeah, but all right. So you're not really a you don't own a cat right now. Do you have a cat? I don't. I'm not allowed in my apartment. So right. So let's cut yourself some slack. For now, I have slack, for Roxy. now I have a a kitty cat squishmallow pillow. Oh, nice. Uh, I got him for Christmas. His name is Nathan. <laughs> I know I'm sounding really crazy right now, That's but adorable. for now okay. he'll have to be my filler until I can get a new place and a new cat. Most times, cat lady has this bad vibe that goes with it I think sometimes and, yeah. and that's not you right yet okay so no I think one of the quotes <laughs> not, not yet from... but you will have a bad vibe <laughs> no I'm, I'm yeah. telling you one of the quotes from the show last night was something about not being a sad cat lady being a rad cat lady so that's ah. gonna be me I'm going to be All a rad right. cat lady. All yeah, right. Well, I'm going to have to go Wilbon on you and just say, I, uh, I saw it too. And I, I will give it just because I adore her. I will give it a second watching, but I, it just wasn't my thing. Wait, but there's one of your favorite actors is in it. Yes. Leslie Jordan is in it and he, I adore him. Yeah. I'm upset that his last show got canceled. I, oh, I'm going to blank on the name where he lives in the nursing home with the two other. Oh, oh. Um, that was, I love that show and it got canceled and I felt bad. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, I'll have to look it up. I'll put that on the errors for next time or updates. But yeah, so he's one of my favorite actors. I have high hope for it. So that's what I mean. I'm not giving up on it. I will definitely, I mean, there's sometimes where I see something, I'm like, okay, I'm not even watching that again. There's no way. That's not the case normally because I watch way too much TV. I usually give everything at least five episodes before I bail on it. Yeah. And, uh, to all you littles out there, Chuck has a legal pad. <laughs> and every page is a new week of shows that he watches. Yeah. Well, Categorized by network, by day, by time. <laughs> and when he watches a show, he takes his pen and he draws a nice line through the show. He's very specific. <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our second show that premiered Sunday, the third, uh, The Great North. It's also on Fox. And Yikes. it's the new animated series. <laughs> and I guess I will exactly what you said. Yikes. Again, I'm really sad about this because I am a huge, well, I was a huge, I still am, family guy fan. And I'll never forget the first time that premiered after the Super Bowl back in a while. I think it was 1999. And oh my gosh, I never laughed so hard at the first episode, I don't think I even chuckled once. It's sad. No. I I had high hopes for this because of some of the voiceovers. Oh, yeah. Isn't this yeah. The, they, isn't it the same creators as like Bob's Burgers? But yeah. I think so. And yeah. I have to be. That's another one though. Bob's Burgers. I adored when it first started. Now it's kind of getting old, and I still watch it because I'm dedicated. Same thing with Family Guy. Seth, don't hate me. Uh, Seth McFarlane, who I oh my gosh, I was the full supporter of bringing that back. When that got canceled and I own every episode on DVD, all that stuff. Same thing. Nowadays, it's – it's I, I don't want to say it's getting stale or whatever, but yeah. But I did. I had high hopes for the great north. I, yeah. I'll, you have again, every episode of Family Guy on DVD. Every oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, like, when it came uh, out, you know, this week or whatever, uh, you, you got it. No. Okay. All right. Wait, not right. quite. This, the, the fall – Still, the, that's a lot of DVDs. It is. Lot, that's a lot of DVDs. I have a lot of DVDs, but – Simon, you're talking to the guy. This is hilarious. Back in 1999, I met a guy on the street corner (laughs) with a handoff for $20, and it was almost like it was like a drug deal. He handed me two VCR tapes that had the entire seasons one and two of Family Guy on them. Like, he sat there, recorded them off the TV, off the telly, excuse me, and and he – 
literally recorded them and with no commercials and he sold them to me on eBay and we met up and we did the handoff in front of one of the theaters I was playing. I believe it was New Brunswick, New Jersey. I remember it. And it was hilarious. So yes, I've owned them from day one before DVDs were even out there really. Wow. And, wow. But he gave, yeah. you, he gave you VHS. So you, you still VHS did. like, so for I your birthday this... present, would you like me to get you season one and two on, on DVD? Well, actually, no. Since then, I now have bought all my own DVDs. So oh, I have those. So, so what I'm saying is I can give you the VHS tapes if you want. I'm more than happy to pass <laughs> oh, those, which I, I do that. still own in storage somewhere. He I'm does. Sure. There's, I'm sure there's do, still. Of course I do. Right. Need that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on real quick. So we have a couple of new shows coming up later this week. Uh, so maybe we'll give you the quick recap on the next uh, Loyal Littles podcast. But Mr. Mayor, the new Ted Danson, is premiering this Thursday, uh, January 7th. I'm excited about that one. Yeah, we're excited. The previews look good. We don't know anything about it, obviously, We're uh, except that he's the mayor. But uh, we're looking forward to that. The other new one on Wednesday, January 13th, premiering Call Your Mother. It's the new Kara Sedgwick sitcom, which ABC. we're excited about. On ABC, excuse me. Oh, Mr. Mayor's NBC. Let's give proper credit. Now, one I would like to bring up real quick, and I'd like to just be done with it before we even, because I won't watch this, because I do not watch The Masked Singer, <laughs> but The Masked Dancer on Fox, is that really a thing? Is that happening? It is now. Yep. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that premiered last night, actually, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. on Fox, and I don't know how it is because I, yeah. I, I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but I, <laughs> that's now, that's now top of my list. Now, I uh-huh. hope this, Simon, I'm sure that listening audience would love to know how was the seasons of The Crown? Because that's like your show, right? Oh, God, here we go. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there. I still haven't watched The Crown. I, yes, I do have an English accent, but I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> okay. How about the Great British Bake Off? Everyone do you want? I tell. Okay, I have watched Great British Bake Off, but again, oh. that took me that took me about seven years to get around to watching that. And uh, yeah, eventually I will watch The Crown because I've offended. Apparently, it's so offensive that I haven't watched it. And <laughs> and people tell me how it's you know well it's it's part of your history. It's like well it it's not definitely history. It's you know yeah like, we don't okay. know that they said those words, but um right. Uh, the costumes yeah. are beautiful though. I assume that you guys are up to date on The Crown then. No, I've only not watched the all. first season. <laughs> I watched oh, the first really? season and I, yeah, I haven't gotten back to it because there's so much other TV that I watch, but well, I you're do. you're mostly watching The Masked Dancer, aren't you? So it's, I don't know how you find time for anything else. <laughs> right. Now, Simon, so when you do finally cut, finally watch it, so make sure you come back on and we'll let you and Roxy go to town and you can discuss. Yeah. And she also is a big British baking show fan. So, uh, yes. Uh, so I mean, we'll which have, I, that, is, that is a great great show now when roxy told you how much tv i watch she wasn't joking so i'm gonna go down a list right now and rest assured i do watch every one of these shows so we have last man standing on fox that one premiered on sunday as well last night we had the neighborhood on cbs bob hart's abishola on cbs all rise on cbs bull on cbs yes i watch every single one of them then tonight, This Is Us, NBC, that one's coming back. Yes, I watched that. Get out that. your tissue boxes. Yes, we'll come back. Then next week, we have The Good Doctor on ABC, The Resident, which I am so excited about on Fox. And another big one that I know, Roxy, you don't like because you, you're too scared of it, The yep. Prodigal Son. Ooh. Love that show on Fox. Gives and me the heebie-jeebies. Last but not least, Superstore. Now, that one's been out there, but the, they're calling it, like I said, we call it the winter 
premiere, I guess is mm-hmm. what they're calling it, because they've mm-hmm. all taken hiatuses because of the holidays and stuff. So that's on NBC. So yes, that entire list, I watch religiously. It's insane. I need help. If there's someone out there that can help me, please get in touch. WTFCpodnet <laughs> at gmail.com. You said prodigal son, and that just reminded me of how stupid I am. So quick side note, for, for all my life, up until about, I want to say a year ago, my family would refer to me as, oh, the prodigal son returns. <laughs> Like anytime I would go home. And for some reason in my head, I, I thought the prodigal son was Jesus. And so I thought that they were being very complimentary, being like, oh, finally, you know, Jesus, like our, our, our great son has returned. And, uh, and it was only when I was writing with my friends and I, we write videos, shows, all kinds of things. And we were going on about prodigal son. And I was like, no, you guys got it wrong. They're like, no, no, no. It means that you're like this wasteful, extravagant person who like who squanders who squanders the family's fortune and then comes back like needing something. I was like, ah, I even had a magnet printed for them of pictures of me as like a funny thing of the prodigal son. And oh they have my gosh! Yeah, so they all had a. They've been laughing at me for about thirty-four years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. So Roxy, now that's a long list. Now. Yeah. I know you watch some of, you don't watch all of those, but you watch all, all, quite watch a few a of them. Good amount of them, yeah. So do you have, uh, let's go like top three if you want real quick, because we need to wrap Ooh. things up. But um, I would probably say top three would be maybe Last Man Standing, The Neighborhood, and This Is Us. Okay, so you, oh, well, so you have two comedies and a drama. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's a good list. I will not even try. To be fair, I can't give a top three. I can't because I love them all. So that's our very brief TV premiere. We'll be talking about more. Simon, we can't thank you enough for jumping on today. Yeah. Uh, So much fun. Yeah. Real quick, we didn't really get too much into you. Now, you are basically like us, out of work in the entertainment business, but you do do uh, voiceovers and things like that, correct? Yeah, I yeah. So I mean, like I said, you know, jack of all, master of none. Like I do, but on a good day, I'll act as well. Um, but yeah, I, I do a lot. I, I do a lot of voiceover. Well, actually, Simon, real quick, tell them where you started, because that I always found that very fascinating. Well, weirdly, if you, you know, for the people that have really been concentrating on what I've said earlier, when I was living in Singapore, the uh, national, the U.S. national tour of Les Misérables came to Singapore and weirdly hired me to be in the show, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I carried on doing Les Mis for about two almost now, two and a half years now you were um, you, you were gavroche right with the little boy I was gavroche yeah i did the tour so, for a bit and i did broadway for a bit so wow. you were how old how old were you i started when i was eight and i think i finished when i was 11 i i, oh. I thankfully didn't grow for that whole because <laughs> contractually you really it was in the contract that if you hit a certain height you were yeah. out somehow i just didn't grow at all for like that's uh, amazing two and a half years yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, listen, just in case a loyal little out there needs a voiceover or something like that, give them some information. How can they reach out to you? Especially if yeah, they need um, a great British accent. Go to yeah. well, got exactly. our own here. I, I mean, you want to go to my website, www.simonpearl.com. Uh, when I say pearl, I, my accent means it's hard to know what I'm saying. I mean like pearl, you know, like a pearl, <laughs> pearl, you know, pearl earring or something. Uh, or, or actually, yeah. <laughs> I'll pearl other things which are probably not appropriate for the yeah, right. um, <laughs> And uh, or, or actually, honestly, I'm on Instagram a lot. Just hit me up on Instagram, which is at Simon Pearl. Very easy right. to remember. Well, can't thank you enough for coming on again. Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can send those emails right on over to wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. And don't forget about our Twitter page, at Loyal Littles Pod. And don't forget about our Facebook page, The Loyal right. Littles Podcast. Give that a like while you're at it. 
And the one thing we are going to start asking, and we do want to give a quick shout out. Thank you to all the littles. We did notice there were a few more of you that actually retweeted our episodes and shared our episodes. We can't thank you enough for doing that. We feel like that's, we're trying to think of other ways, We, but that we think that's the best word way. Of we think people, word of mouth is probably the mouth. best. Mm-hmm. Right. So thank you. So we're asking you retweet when we tweet it out or reshare it on your Facebook pages because there's probably a lot of loyal littles that are friends of yours that don't even know about this podcast yet. So we'd like to get the word out there. So thank you so much, all you loyal listeners, and we will see you next time. And remember, if you're out shopping online tonight or anywhere in general, use the use the code. I'm just trying to alienate anyone I can at this point. If you're ready or not It hits you out of nowhere With everything it's got Love don't care All about your plans Cause that's all out the window When you touch my hand
Littles podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. Oh, 